Arctic. To get up and get going, South Coast, it's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang, it's Tim Weisberg. It's not Tim Weisberg. It's Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light sitting in for Tim as Tim uh, uh, shows a new uh, newscaster, Ariel, uh, the ropes this morning. I'll be sitting in for the three hours, uh, so I hope you can be patient with me. Uh, I'm getting better all the time, I hope, but uh, still new to this radio gig. So it's it's dark this time of year. When I was coming in in, this, in the summertime, it was light. Now it's dark. But the sun will be coming up soon, and it's supposed to be another sunny day. Boy, we've had a, a rash of, of rain this summer, and it, it really has been depressing to a lot of us. I, uh, a lot of my tennis matches got canceled, but we're into the fall season now, and that means election season. The New Bedford election is tomorrow. Toward that end, we'll have a guest uh, coming on at, at, at 8 o'clock hour, uh, the legendary Tom Hunt, who is a former New Bedford School Committee man, long an analyst at WBSM, handicaps all the New Bedford elections. He'll be my guest over the phone at 8 o'clock, and he'll um, shake out with us what's going on with the New Bedford election this morning. It's going to be kind of a, um, a low-key election. We have a, a, a six-person mayoral race, but... But really, if you've been listening to the station or reading the local newspapers, the only the only person who's out there, you know, making advertisements and and spending money and and, and getting his message out seems to be Mayor John Mitchell. We have five other candidates. Um, they're all welcome to call in to me this election day. Uh, in a little while, I'm going to read out their names and and uh, tell you a little bit about them. Uh, uh, but uh, that is not where the action is uh, 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 this year in the New Bedford election. The action is in the at-large race, counselor at-large. We had an, an earnest effort earlier in the year to uh, put a question on the ballot, term-limiting city councilors. Uh, that didn't work out. Uh, we don't need to go into that right now. We'll go into it some other time. But uh, in the wake of the term limits question not going on the ballot, what we did get was uh, a spate of very strong challenges for the at-large seat. It started out with four. One of them, Carmen Amaral, has withdrawn. But we have three other strong candidates running for at-large council this year. Uh, those being um, former uh, uh, councillor from Ward 4, Bruce Duart Jr., uh, current 
Ward 5, Counselor Scott Lima, and uh, Devin Burns, the owner of Destination Soups. We also have some other in- candidates, Ariel Whitner, the first transgender um, at-large candidate, or, or any kind of candidate, I guess, in New Bedford. We have um, uh, Joyce Raleigh, uh, an activist who uh, uh, is known for her work uh, to protect the elephants at Buttonwood Park Zoo. And we have Guillemi, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Guillemi Santiago, a uh, former real estate professional, Latino uh, uh, woman, and uh, a person who uh, provides um, uh, social services uh, to um, the Latino community. They were all running for at large. Um, over in Ward 5, we have uh, some candidates, and I, I, I better get my um, list of candidates out. I'm going to get the Ward 5 candidates uh, correctly because they are not as well-known as some other candidates. Um, we have, uh, who do we have? We have um, uh, Zach Boyer, who uh, is a progressive candidate uh, associated with um, uh, the longtime uh, liberal uh, activist group, the Coalition for Social Justice. We have former Ward 6 City Councilor Joe Lopes, uh, former council president, who has moved to Ward 5. We have Carlos Mateo. And Ian Marcus Saunders. And so that's who we have um, for the preliminary ballot in New Bedford. Uh, a com- election commissioner, uh, Manny DeBrito, who I was not able to get on today, busy, uh, as you might understand, the day before the election, um, says that the early voter turnout in New Bedford is a little bit higher. Uh, one of the things they did was um, do early voting in the north end and the south end for the first time. This year, it used to be just downtown that you could have uh, early voting in New Bedford. So uh, that's a good thing. Um, the North End voting took place at the Tabor Mills Senior Citizen Complex, which you may remember from last year's election. There was controversy because uh, people who had long time voted in the precinct that is located at Tabor Mills no longer could vote there. They had to go up to Holy Family, Holy Name Church, and um, that's... Uh, a bit of a hike for uh, the elderly and some of the disabled uh, residents of Tabor Mills. So um, the election office and the uh, city officials have moved to fix that by um, allowing them to do early voting at Tabor Mills. And uh, Manny DeBrito uh, says that the uh, turnout has been higher. They also had early voting down at the uh, Buttonwood, um, I call it the Buttonwood Warming House. I guess it's it's really the Rosemary Tierney Senior Center now. Um, uh, uh, down on the peninsula in Ward 6. And, of course, they had it as they've had it in the past few years at the New Bedford Public Library in the downtown right across from City Hall. That's all over now. The early voting is over. If you want to early vote, you, you uh, have missed your chance, but you can still vote tomorrow at the regular polling places. There are 36 of them throughout the city of New Bedford. New Bedford has had a real struggle in recent years, um, both uh, in attracting candidates to run uh, for the offices and in um, having voter turnout. Some folks, uh, I'll disagree with them, have, have said that uh, that's because of the four-year mayoral term. I don't, I don't think it is. We have a four-year mayoral term up for election this year, and we did not get a challenger who was able to raise money, who was able to have a long history of high visibility in the city with name recognition, that came out and challenged um, 12-year incumbent mayor John Mitchell, who it looks like is going to sail to a, 
another four-year term, and, and if he serves it, we'll have served 16 consecutive years as, as mayor of New Bedford. Wow, who would have ever thought that John Mitchell would become, um, I think, the second longest serving mayor outside of Charles Ashley in New Bedford history. But he's been there a long time. A lot of people like him. A lot of people don't like him. But he's he's popular enough to to ward off any challenges. So uh, if you want to talk about the election this morning, um, uh, get up and, and, and call me, 508-996-0500. I'm looking out the studio windows now, and I see the sun is just is just peeking up over Skarnicket Nick in our Fairhaven studios. It's supposed to be a sunny day. It looks it looks a little um, not exactly pink, maybe uh, 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 peachish. Uh, is a peachy uh, uh, sunrise this morning. Uh, what a great benefit of of being in this studio early to be able to look out this window and and watch the sunrise. Um, I also want to uh, talk this morning um, when we get going about a column I have up in the New Bedford Light this morning about Dyess Field in New Bedford. Those of you who uh, follow my column in the New Bedford Light, by the way, New Bedford Light is a free website. So you can just go to it, get on your computer and call up New Bedford Light, Google it, and you'll see that our website is free. Get on there very easily. The only thing we do is we ask for donations like public television does from time to time. We've been up and running for two and a half years now. Uh, uh, a lot of the folks who work there are from the old Standard Times, and some of the folks are, are, are new. We have a, a, an emphasis on investigative reporting and reporting on the arts. So check us out at the New Bedford Light. Um, on the New Bedford Light this morning, I have a story about Dyer's Field, which I've written about a couple of times this summer already. Uh, the park is in a section of Ward 3, the most forgotten ward in the city, uh, slightly in the north end, sort of in the midsection of the city up by Hathaway Road. And in that that park, uh, since especially since the Greater New Bedford Little League, well, Greater New Bedford Youth Baseball League, I, I should say correctly, um, uh, went out of existence a couple of years ago, has has really um, fallen on tough times. It, it really has not, not been kept up as, as well as it should be. And this summer I spent a lot of time hanging out on Sunday afternoons with the Vladimir Guerrero Softball League. The Vladimir Guerrero League is named after the great Dominican Hall of Fame uh, baseball player, Vladimir Guerrero, the first Dominican ever to play in the, uh, uh, to be named to the Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, Guerrero is, a, is an icon in, in the Dominican Republic, and we have a large Dominican population in New Bedford. We we, we are, most often think of the Latino population in New Bedford as the Central Americans, the Guatemalans, the Hondurans, the Salvadorans, but we have a, an equally large uh, population of Puerto Ricans and Dominicans, the island peoples uh, that come, some Haitians also. Uh, this league is primarily Dominicans and uh, Puerto Ricans, but anybody who wants to play can play. They have four teams, and boy, do they have a great time up there on Sunday afternoons at Dyess Field. The only problem is they lose a lot of softballs because the uh, there's no fence. Um, there's a, a very um, kind of grimy, uh, wooded area uh, uh, near to the industrial area that's nearby, and um, they lose a lot of softballs because there's no net. The city has not been in a, in a in this, it's kind of a a uh, unsavory 
a place on the border of the left field there where street people go in and cut holes in the fence. And they're, they're looking for a new fence and they're looking for some netting. The city uh, says that they're really not in that business anymore. Uh, maybe they'll look into it, but there's, there's no plans to immediately do it. They also need some lights uh, up at Dyer's Field. If they had lights, they say that they could play uh, on evenings, in the evenings, the way that the old softball league did at Ashley Park in the South End, which has been reconfigured into a, um, uh, is being re- reconfigured into a sort of a, a passive recreation, um, sort of a walking and sitting park um, in the South End. Uh, my understanding is some of the merchants and uh, residents of that area didn't like all the errant softballs and have complained um, a little bit about it. So, so you're not getting that anymore. Anyway, it's a, it's an article about what they need at the Vladimir Guerrero League up in um, Ward Three. I've talked to uh, Ward Three Council, the new Ward Three Council, Sean Oliver, about it. He supports it. So um, check it out. It's in the New Bedford Light this morning. We're going to go to our first break, and we'll be back in just a bit. Oh. Jackson Brown uh, from back in the uh, 70s. Uh, one of my favorite songs of all time, The Pretender, uh, talking about the woes of the working man, doing the nine to five as, as most of us spend our lives doing. If you're a working man, uh, uh, call me up uh, this morning. My favorite local working man is John, the truck driver. Uh, he usually has a lot to say about everything. Uh, give us a call, John, if you're not too busy. Uh, we're here at 508-996-0500. We've been talking about my, my story in the New Bedford Light this morning about the, um, the challenges that uh, Dias Field and the Vladimir Guerrero Softball League have in, in getting a good park. Um, uh, one of the things I said in that column is that there's lots of federal pandemic relief money around this year, and um, I'm a little disappointed. I, I know that there are other worthy um, considerations that the city earmarked money for, whether it's... Um, uh, housing or the Citerian Theater or um, upgrades to various things that are needed around town. But I would, I would have liked to have seen a, a little more, a little money. If it's eligible, I, I think it's eligible. Uh, it seems like it would be uh, uh, a um, eligible recreational purpose uh, for um, Dyer's Field in, in New Bedford, which is going to be converted into a regulation soccer field in the upper fields. Dyer's Field is actually... It's located at the uh, intersection of Mount Pleasant and and Nosset Streets, and it's actually a, a fairly good sized park for one that is not as well known as parks like Buttonwood or Riverside, uh, Booklawn. Uh, it's up up there, and uh, 
it just doesn't get the attention that that other uh, parks in New Bedford get. So I'd like to see it get a little attention this morning. So if you live in that area, um, it's a little bit of a, a low-income area with uh, housing developments right alongside the park, some industrial areas, uh, uh, commercial strip. Uh, Empire Ford is, is, is right across the um, street. Uh, uh, the single-family homes are not too far, just on the other side of... Um, the Carlos Pacheco School, which a lot of you might remember as the Mount Pleasant School. But um, uh, I think um, Dyersfield needs a little bit more love from the city. So if you agree with me on that, uh, give me a call. The other thing we've been talking about this morning is the um, local election scene. Tomorrow is election day in New Bedford. New Bedford's a little bit different than a lot of other communities. Most communities hold their um, what they call a primary election in the first week of September, the second week of September. That's what Fall River does. Um, but New Bedford does theirs, has always done theirs in the 24 years that I've been here in the first week of October. And they, they don't even call it a primary election. They call it the preliminary election. I'm not exactly sure what the difference is. Primary means first and preliminary means, uh, I guess, uh, 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 uh what goes before, but they call it the preliminary election in New Bedford. And in recent years, um, you all know that that people have not really turned out. The turnout has been in the vicinity of of seven percent for these um, local elections, and um, so it really hasn't been a whole lot. And we need to get it higher. Election Commissioner Manny DeBrito has said that he's looking for a little bit higher. Um, preliminary election this year because the early voting has has come out well, which is is surprising given that we don't really have much of a mayor's race, but we do have a very competitive uh, councilor at large race. We have um, a competitive Ward Five race, which is um, uh, Ward Five is known as the um, section of the city that votes in the highest percentages. Ward 5 is the area around Buttonwood Park, a beautiful area of, of stately old um, single and multifamily homes, a lot of single family homes. The The city's power establishment has long lived up there. Uh, former Mayor Lang, former Mayor Tierney, um, uh, Mayor Mitchell, State Rep Cabral, uh, uh, former City Councilor Jane Gonzalves, uh, uh, just a lot of... Um, uh, Prominent people, uh, uh, John Markey Jr., prominent lawyer who's the son of former Mayor Markey. They all live up in Ward 5. And so uh, it's, um, I'm getting the signal that I'm a little bit late for the news, so I'm going to cut out. And let's hear from Ariel, our new newscaster. I've made a little mistake here, but Tim is going to come in to help me. President Biden says he's glad a government shutdown was averted, but adds that it shouldn't have come down to the wire like it did. 
Speaking from the White House Sunday, Biden noted he and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy had come to a budget agreement a few months ago. The president accused what he referred to as extreme MAGA Republicans of trying to walk away from the deal. Former President Donald Trump is, is, is expected to be in New York City today for his civil fraud trial. Opening statements are set for 10 a.m. in the case brought on by New York Attorney General Letitia James. James accuses Trump and his family of inflating his net worth by saying his real estate portfolio was worth more than it was, which James said gave Trump better terms than he deserved from lenders and insurers. More than 75,000 Kaiser Permanente workers are getting ready to go on what would be the biggest health care strike in U.S. history. Unions representing the workers noted the company more than a week ago that they could launch a three-day strike this coming Wednesday, October 4th. Two parts of North Carolina's new abortion law are being blocked. A federal judge granted injunctions on two provisions Saturday, which kept them from going into effect yesterday. One referenced a vague part of the law which required doctors to confirm the presence of a fetus in the uterus before medicine is prescribed for abortion. Another provision that was blocked required abortions under certain conditions like rape to be completed in hospitals. Temperature records that have stood for more than a century in the middle of the U.S. could fall this week. Forecasters say a swath of the Midwest could see afternoons high 10 to 20 degrees warmer than average. That will mean highs well into the 80s and even near 90s, threatening daily records from the 1800s. Just nine months after going into cardiac arrest, Damar Hamlin is back on the Buffalo Bills active roster. Hamlin took the field for the first time this season for the opening kickoff in the Bills game against the Miami Dolphins today. Hamlin has made a remarkable recovery since going into cardiac arrest during a Monday night football game at Cincinnati in January. Former, former Boston Red Sox pitcher Tim Wakefield is dead at the age of 57. Famous for his knuckleball, Wakefield spent 19 years in the majors, the last 17 with the Red Sox. The right-hander finished his career with exactly 200 wins and helped lead Boston to World Series titles in 2004 and 2007. Earlier in the week, the Red Sox confirmed Wakefield was ill and joined the family in asking for privacy when his condition was made public by former teammate Kurt Schilling without permission. The Red Sox said on social media Sunday that Wakefield embodied true goodness and gave so much to the game. In more sports, the Red Sox captured their season finale after topping the Baltimore Orioles 6-1. Tanner Hook collected his sixth win of the year after striking out six batters over six scoreless innings. Rafael Devers drove in his 100th run of the season. Boston finishes the year last in the AL East at 78-84. and The Patriots suffered their worst loss of the Bill Belichick era after being blown out 38-3 by the Dallas Cowboys. Mac Jones completed 12 of his 21 pass attempts for 150 yards and two interceptions. Bailey Zappi completed four passes for 57 yards in relief. The Patriots host the Saints next Sunday. The Celtics acquired guard Drew Holiday from the Portland Trail Blazers. The Seas will be sending Robert William III, Malcolm Brogdon, a protected 2024 first-round pick, and a 2029 unprotected first-rounder to the Blazers. The Bruins continue their exhibition slate tonight. 
Boston is visiting the Philadelphia Flyers for the second half of a home and home. Now let's take a look at a local forecast with ABC6. A gorgeous morning. It is absolutely beautiful out there with a warming trend. Temperatures above average for this morning around the upper 50s on the coolest side. Some patchy fog it will be burning off immediately as we head into mid-morning and this afternoon heading into the lower 70s. Overnight tonight, cool temperatures once again and tomorrow plenty of sunshine in the lower 70s. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Ceci Del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. Where have all the flowers gone? Long time passing. Where have all the flowers gone long time ago? Where have all the flowers gone? Young girls pick them, everyone. When will they ever learn? When will they ever learn? All right, there's a little bit of the Kingston Trio to start us off uh, on this half hour. You're getting all this um, 60s um, rock and folk music because that's uh, my era. And um, I hope uh, if you're my age, you'll enjoy that. Otherwise, uh, I'll try to get some more contemporary stuff uh, later. Uh, so we have a phone caller. So let's go right to the phones. You're on the year with Jack Spillane. Morning, Jack. Hey, John. What's up? Good to hear from you. Uh, I used to play at Dyer's Field when I was a kid back in the early 90s. Really? Yeah, I got pictures of that. I got yeah, literally. I used to play for Murphy's Law. Wow. I um, I got pictures of of you know my brothers and I and um, you know when that field was at its prime. I mean, I, in my opinion, that field was at its prime back in the when I used to play at it in the early nineties. Was well taken care of. Um, you know, now you look at it and it's. I mean, I drove by it not too long ago, about a, maybe about six months ago, and I couldn't believe the, the condition it was in. Yeah. You know, and sad, but you know, it's it, it's. Unfortunately, that's the times we're in now. It's just uh, the pride pride in the city has gone. So it feels like that, you know what I mean, baseball. And go down to the South End, it's a completely different story, though. Yeah, you know, the, the SEYAA is, is yeah. really going great guns, and so is the Whaling City League. Um, the, 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 the Grand New Bedford League was always kind of, the, to my mind, the uh, poor man's cousin in, in the New Bedford yeah. Youth Baseball Leagues. Uh, did you live in that section of the city when you were growing up, John? So I lived um, over on Newton Street and Mill Street. Um, that was where I lived, right over near um, St. Francis of Assisi. Yep, yep. Right across the street. Um, ah. Knocked the, uh, knocked, the, knocked the cross right off the steeple when I was a kid playing spud with my, <laughs> playing wall ball with me, <laughs> me and my brother. I bet that got you in a little trouble. Oh, yeah. I got a, I got a good whooping from my dad from that one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, other than that, um, I played SEYAA growing up. I played, um, I played the, uh, the, the Dyer's Field growing up, too, I yeah. played there. And, um, so the Greater the New Bedford Youth League, my understanding is they used to win the championship between the three leagues uh, sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, was a good, it, was a good, it was a good league. It was a good league. It was a scrap, scrap yard league. It was like, like I used to call it. You know, it was very scrappy, you know what I mean? It was uh, a lot of kids, a lot of, lot of hot-up hot kids, you know what I mean, that played baseball. And that's how it always was, though, Jack, back then. 
You know what I mean? It yep. was um, half the time, you know, the, you know, when I played, you know, my parents, you know, I could barely afford the uniform pants. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Thank God they gave us the shirts. You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> you know, it's like I'd get holes in the pants and, my, you know, my mother would be patching them with, well, the, with the iron-on patches. And Well, you know, the, the Vladimir Guerrero uh, adult men's softball league is a little bit like that. You know, the guys have these great jerseys, but some of them don't have the pants, and so they, they show up in yeah. gym shorts, but they just want to play. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, I know. It's about the passion, Jack. It's about the passion of playing. Yeah, and, and, and the people from the islands, the people from the islands, uh, the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico, love baseball. They are not soccer like oh, yeah. the Central Americans. They're baseball people. Right. I had uh, one of my buddies that I grew up with. Um, I went to school with him, uh, Xavier Vega. You know, God rest his soul. He, he was actually the, I don't know if you remember, a few years back, he, um, he was the one who went out on... Uh, the weekend before Thanksgiving, with his father out in the scalloping boat, and then they ended up uh, they ended up getting overturned by a rogue wave. There was two uh, two fishermen, I think, or one of, one or two fishermen that survived. Uh, one of the deckhands. Oh yeah, I do uh, remember that. That's about ten yeah, years ago. They, right? they, uh, it was about yeah, about maybe seven, six, seven years ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah he was a barber. He was a barber in New Bedford, but he was trying to help his father get back. You know, before. Oh boy. Yeah, you know, or stepfather. Um. But anyways, um. Yeah, I was. I grew up with him. Um, went to school with him my whole life, you know, and um, up until all. Well, actually, I I led um, high school. I went to him. You know, we 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 gave, you know gained a friendship, you know, over through high school and cut my hair and everything. But yeah, he loved baseball, man. He was a Puerto Rican from uh, Puerto Rico. Yep. And uh, loved baseball. Yeah. So so I know that the city has plans to 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 put some work into that field long term. Uh, part of the problem is that fence next to that wooded area, which if you played up there, you might be familiar with it. It's a place where the, the street people hang out. They cut holes in the fences, and they they really need to to pay some attention, clean that area up, get a good strong fence. Uh, the fence they have has barbed wire on it because it is a a, a a little bit of a dangerous area. But but um, with a good fence and some lighting, I I think that they should be able to take care of it. Maybe some cameras. Oh, who's who's um who's whose field is that? Who, who's uh, who's watching? There's the lower fields. You know, there's two upper uh, little league fields and there's two lower fields. So yeah. the the softball field is in the lower field because the upper fields are going to be made to soccer. Listen, John, I got to go to a break. I'm a minute late already. Yeah, I'll talk to you. We'll talk to you. But long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. God only knows what I'd be without you. All right. One of the greats from the Beach Boys, uh, God Only Knows. Uh, this is Jack Spillane filling in for Tim Weisberg. Uh, Tim was uh, uh, training a new newswoman uh, this morning, uh, Ariel, and I forget her last name, but she's doing a great job. Uh, we have someone on the lines on the phone, so we'll go right to them. You're next on the year with, w- with Jack Spillane on WBSM. Good morning, Jack. It's Mike Lima. Hi, Mike. How are you? Good. How are you, sir? Good. Two quick topics. Number one, the Greater New Bedford Little League. Played there 67 
through 1970. That was the best league in New Bedford at that time by far. Wow. We were, we were barred from local baseball tournaments because we were we had won them all pre- for many previous years. Wow. So Greater New Bedford at that time did not take a back seat to any league in this city. Wow. Now, why, why do you think they were so good at that time? Well, we had probably uh, back then, you know, I'm trying to, that's 53 years ago for me. Um, I would say we had a lot of teams and all the parents uh, thought that was a good league. The coaches were good. Uh, participation was unbelievable. I would say back then we probably had close to 15 to 20 teams. Wow. I remember doing the research for this uh, column, uh, uh, former Mayor Lawler, uh, this is Francis Lawler, the first Mayor Lawler, um, gave them a lot of money to um, get them started. They wanted to have a, a, a little league in, in that section of the city. And unlike today where, where the, 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 the teams, um, uh, well, I guess, I guess in this city they do, they, 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 they are sponsored by different businesses and, and, and stuff. And um, it was actually affiliated with the Little League. Then I think now later on it became youth baseball, but um, actually was called the Little League if I'm if I'm if I'm not wrong. And back then they furnished us with full uniforms and fifteen wooden bats to start the year off. Wow! So you know that was obviously back sixty-seven through seventy. Yeah. The second thing, because I know you and I both have a interest in local politics. So I'm wondering, what do you think the percentage of voter turnout will be for the election? Well, uh, in talking to Manny DiBretto, I think it may get to 10%, which may not sound that good. But when you think of the last special election we had last winter for Ward 3, I think it was uh, less than 7%, somewhere between 6 and 7%. So 10%, I might, I might settle for. I, I think that having that early voting up at Tabor Mills, where virtually nobody voted last time because they had moved the precinct all the way up to Holy Name Church. Uh, I think they may do a little bit better, but it still will be on the low side. What do you think, Mike? I'm saying probably you're right in that ballpark, 10%, uh, which to me is horrible. But, you know, what are you going to do with today's society? I don't know. Um, I personally think we will have one new counselor at large. Wow. So somebody's somebody's gonna get bought yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, we have some strong we have some strong candidates, but you won't see that in the preliminary, right? Because ten people in the at large race make it in the preliminary. You won't see it until the final in Correct. November. But I think you could be right that 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 there is a combination of things. There's been some bad publicity about the council this year and you have some unusually strong at large candidates. And so I think you may you may get one of the positions. Uh, which one it will be, I, I I wouldn't predict, but I think you may see that. That's uh, how I feel about it. So it looks like we're on the same page and we've been following local politics. Well, I've been following it for 50-something years. You know, my father got me involved when I was 12. I'm 65, yeah. so... 
Yeah. And I will tell say this about George Rogers. You know, a lot of people know that he did a lot of good things and a lot of bad things. George Rogers always, when he was the mayor for those two years, always, always put recreation and youth sports on the top of his list as far as funding things, and you can go back and look at that. I'll bet. Whatever you want to say about George, he was connected to the people. I got to go to a, a, a break, Mike, yep. but uh, you, you you're a great day. caller. You are, you are New Bedford. Thank you. <clears throat> All right, we're back. This is Jack Spillane filling in for Tim Weisberg this morning. Um, we have about 45 seconds before we have to go to a NFL segment. My God, did you see the Patriots yesterday? I, I, I am not a Mac Jones fan. Bring on Bailey Zappi as far as I'm concerned. I know he's short and maybe he's not the long-term solution, but I, and I'm sure Mac Jones is a nice man, good guy, but uh, this was, um, I don't know whether Bill Belichick is getting too old or, or, or what, but uh, 